Good morning, church. Oh, there we go. You see, some people know me. Anybody else? Good morning, church. Are we in a celebratory mood this morning? If not, we should be. And if we, sh- if we aren't feeling that way, we're going to be turning that way today. God has been faithful, amen? God has been true to his word, amen? I know it's hard to say amen when you're in the middle of things, but that's the best place to give him praise. So for 10 seconds this morning, can you just give him your best praise? Come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Father. You know, the devil tries so hard to attack us, and he bombards us with things, with lies, with so many things, and we miss the point that we are still in right standing with God. He makes us believe otherwise, and he makes us believe in our situation. But God is faithful. God has been true. He has never let us go. And I think it's time this morning that we celebrate that. Amen. Amen. So this morning I want to be speaking to you guys from 2 Corinthians verses 12 to 9. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your phones, you could just turn with me. To 2 Corinthians 12 verses 9. Are you there? Amen. So I'm reading from the NLT version. And it says, Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. I'm going to read that last part again. So that the power of Christ can work through me. Father, we just thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that in this time of worship, Lord God, we could experience you. We could know you, Lord God, and that more of Jesus can be revealed to us. Father, we ask now, Lord, that even as we dive into your word, that you speak, Lord Jesus. That your word come through, Lord God. That you make each heart receptive this morning, Lord Jesus. And that, Father, bondages will be broken. Walls will be torn down. People will be set free, Lord God. And we will praise you and give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This morning, I don't want to be too long. Even though there's a lot I have to get through. But, and you guys know me, I speak a lot. Um, my wife and my family told me, Jared, <laughs> keep it on half an hour. But this morning, I really feel the need to, to preach on one thing. And I know you know the title, Weakness Made Perfect. But do you know why weakness is made perfect? Anybody got an answer for me? Why would weakness make us perfect sorry Bill's character 
What else, Venko? Sorry. Oh, you're repeating it. Anybody else? Strengthens us. Carol? Gives God time to work. Yeah. Is it nice to be, to feel weak? Does it feel like a good place? Does it feel like a God place? Do you feel like anything can happen in that time? Come on, let's be an honest church this morning. I'll, I'll, I'll say no. That's not how I feel. And we had our, we had our AGM on, on Tuesday, um, and they showed us the books and all the different kinds of things, you know. There's debits and credits and stuff like that. But let's take, let's take stock of what happened this year in our personal lives. How has 2019 been for you? Yeah, no. Anybody else got another answer then? No. It's been amazing. Whoops. Okay. Hey. Tough. Yeah. For most of us, it's been a trying year, yes? Has anybody felt like they lost a lot this year? Whether it's friendships, money, opportunities, time. Oh, wait. Oh, okay, if you, if you lost weight, speak to me after church. <laughs> Actually, I'll cancel this now. Come speak to me now. <laughs> yeah, we've lost a lot. Anybody feel like they've been through a war and did not come out unscathed? There's been some battle scars. Yeah? Does anybody feel like this year has made them doubt God and themselves? Mm-hmm. Does anyone feel like there's been a period of time where it was hard to connect to God? Yeah? It sounds like a difficult year to me. It sounds like a tough year. It sounds like almost the devil was winning. Almost. But if we know the word of God, we would realize that all of this was God ordained. Yes, we faced some hard things this year. But can you honestly tell me you have not seen God ha- God's hand through it all? Hey? That's one thing I can definitely say. No matter what I went through, no matter what you went through, I have seen God's hand this year. More so than before. I was, telling, I was telling Rachel, this year feels like if I took all the other worst years of my life, put it together, and multiplied it, it would be the first quarter of the year. That's what I felt like. It's been tough. And I question God myself in my own walk this year. Lord, um, I'm hearing you for everybody else. It would be great if I could hear you for me. Um, And most of the time, I didn't turn up with any answers. In the last few weeks, I've really searched long and hard, asking God, where are you? What is going on? Why this intensity? Anybody realize we're coming to the end of a decade? 2019, right? 2020 starts in less fall, in four weeks. Today is December 1st. Anybody remember Job in the Bible? 
Did he do anything to antagonize God? No. Yet the devil saw it fit to test him. And in that, God allowed things to happen. Things that would bring, hopefully for the devil, bring out the weaknesses in Job. That the devil can say, ha ha, you see, he never loved you in the first place. He only loved that you gave him things. He only loved that there was abundance in his life. That's what the devil wanted. Job had his moments where he fell, but you know what? Towards the end, he realized it was greater to be on God's side than the other side. It was greater to know God. He counted things a joy. Through a trial, through losing everything. We are still sitting here in church today. We haven't lost everything. He lost his family. He lost everything that he had. Everything physically. Some would say, especially in this day and age and in this culture, that that is not God. That if, it's not, if you're not happy, you're not doing good things, you're not experiencing this, that, and the other, it's not God. I want to give you assurance that what you went through this year was God ordained. Why? Not because he hates you. Not because he wants to hurt you. But he needed to show you where you are weak. So that you could recognize how much you need God. That's the key thing I want you to see today. We are all weak in something. We all lose our temper. We all go fly off the handle, maybe. But God is very clearly trying to show us today that even through that, if you can just stay with me, choose me every single day, be consistent in just that, there will come a time where I will give you double. I will give you more. I will restore what the devil and the locusts have taken and eaten they will return and give you more. But I don't want to preach about the things today. I don't want you to get hope in a thing. We are all praying for some, some area, in some area of our life for breakthrough or restoration or abundance, whether it's a new job, um, whether it's for our health to be restored, whether it's for a family member to be saved, something. And we haven't seen those prayer, prayers answered. And we, we're asking God, why? There's been a shaping this year. And the shaping has been this. Will you trust me even in the valley? Even when you recognize you are weak, can you still trust me? Did you know that, or let me rather give you an analogy. There are weak people and strong people. Weak people would hold on to something. They know they're not strong, but they know they need help. You know, if I can just get by, but I can't do it on my own. I need some assistance. I need, I need a crutch. I need a friend. I need something. And then you get strong people that think, I don't need, I don't need anything. I'm, I'm good. I got everything that I need, and I can do this by myself. I honestly believe that God was challenging those who thought that they were strong. And I know I said strong. Maybe you think, no, maybe he's challenging the weak to toughen up. No. He's challenging the strong. Because when we think we can do it on our own, that's called pride. That's not what God wants. That's not how we have relationship when I think I can do this on my own. So he let things break us down a little. Or show us 
where we have put false armor, where we have developed these false sense of crutches. We believed in things. We believed in, we had hope in, oh, if I can just do this, if I can just do that, if I can just see this. And we held on to those things, thinking that made us strong. But how many of us, if we are honest, really held on to the word of God? I know sometimes it's hard. It doesn't make sense. And you don't see how it's going to play out. Or maybe we have heard the word of God and we haven't seen it come to fruition yet. And we've been beaten by the enemy. We've been attacked. Or we've allowed things of ourselves to get to us. Church, God is here to save. All of that turns around now. As we enter into the last month of the year, God is going to do something brand new. Today is your moment. If you feel like that, that is for you, you need to clap, you need to scream, you need to receive it. Do not let anybody hold you back this morning. You see, because most of us lost friends this year. Most of us lost family. Some people got retrenched. Some people lost hope. Some people lost their joy. Some people lost things. Maybe they lost their house, their car. People have lost things. They went through some serious things. And please, I'm not undermining anybody's situation this morning. But here's what I need you to see. That the devil will take your situation to distract you. It's a real thing. It's not a fake thing. But he's going to want you to look at your situation and not your God. So in our situation, we are holding on to things around us when we feel weak. Or we're holding on to our sense of pride that I can get through this on my own. But the devil still has us. We need to look up to the hills from We need to have that shift in focus today. Today, now. Don't wait till you go home. It needs to happen now. Where we have been waiting for something to happen. Maybe even hoping that that thing would come from God. God is like, look to me. I am your source. I am your provision. I am the one who will deliver you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What does that mean? We're not going to face attacks? No, there will be attacks, but don't worry. It's me that will protect you. The staff beats away the enemy and the rod pulls you back. Or vice versa. So does that mean we're not going to go through hard times? No. We're going to go through hard times. But recognize who you need, not what you need. See, our weakness, and this is what I've seen this year, and if this doesn't apply to you, that's fine. But our weakness has come in counsel of men who don't know our God. The culture of the day. Oh, I need to de-stress. Maybe I'm going to have uh, a glass of wine, two glasses of wine, three bottles of wine. Or let me do this. Or let me do that. And I'm not, I'm not hopping on people that have a glass of wine. <laughs> um, but when that becomes your source of strength, And I know we didn't start off like that. And that's what I want you to see. The devil has started off small. Oh, just have a glass of wine tonight. You'll be okay. Oh, just watch a little bit of TV. Or just browse around on Facebook for half an hour. You'll be fine. You know? How many of us in our time of need are actually turning to God? 
or we just feel like, can I just, can I just get a breather? And that's when the devil slips in through people. Nah, you shouldn't accept that, eh? You shouldn't, this, this shouldn't be the case, eh? You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be, you should be doing this. Why don't you do that? And then we take that and we'll say, oh, God, help us with this. Grant me this. And God is like, where did this come from? That's not my word. We have been lied to by the enemy. We have been robbed by the enemy in some areas. And God is trying to get us to change our focus this morning. Yes, we are weak. And the enemy tried to capitalize on that. But if our source is God, that weakness becomes a strength. Come on, church. If God is our source, if God is our focus, if we are in relationship with God, he becomes our strength. You know, my, my mom and my family always come whenever I preach. Um... And I was thinking about this while preparing for this message. Um, you know when I go to my dad's house, uh, I get a sense of, um, like, I feel like, I feel like a prince. I feel like a king. Because uh, it's my dad's house. You know, I grew up there. I left. And now when I go back, yo, my mom makes mutton curry, soji, biryani, samosas, whatever I want. I can just sit in there and be like, some tea would be nice. Hey, tea is there with biscuits and cake. And my mom will go to Fordsburg and buy my special stuff. You know what I mean? I'm like a king. I feel like a boss. And then I, when I go home sometimes, um, like, 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 um, like, uh, <laughs> she said, just be careful. You're coming home with me. Uh, so maybe... Maybe I don't feel as much of a boss. Uh, I thought about it the other day, actually. The only piece of furniture in my house <laughs> that I chose was the two lights next to our bed and one carpet. Everything else my wife chose. Come to my house. It, it looks stunning. My wife did a great job. But if you say, Jed, what did you choose? I'll be like, oh, come to my room. See these two lights? Does your wife like them? No. But it's the only thing that I chose. What else? This carpet. Then I go to my parents' house and I feel completely different. It's because when I'm in my father's house, I know whose child I am. And I know that my wife loves me and she does her best for me. And so does my family, but there's a difference. Why? Because I know my blood is their blood. They've been my support for years. And it was never about the things. It was always about showing love. You know, my dad, growing up, like, um, I would say, oh, dad, I saw this really cool pair of Nikes. And uh, I want you to buy them for me because, you know, uh, I don't have shoes anymore. And he'd be like, okay, cool. Go get an A on your next Afrikaans test. And then, um, <laughs> and as an Indian man, Afrikaans, oh, 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 pass up. That's as far as it goes. <laughs> 80 blow, fun, oh, that's... Sevendalan, like, you know, that's, that's my extent right there. Hey? And I hated it growing up. Ah, if you why don't you rather just say no? And my father always tell me because I'm trying to teach you something. See, nothing of value comes without a bit of pain, a little bit of sacrifice, a little bit of hurt, 
a little bit of a marathon, a little bit of preparation. Why? Because when God gives you that blessing that he's about to give us all, we would not appreciate it if we thought we had everything, if we thought we had it all together, if we thought we were strong enough, if we thought that it was because of us. You know how many times I catch myself thinking, ah, I'm here because, you know, I prayed that prayer. Who put me in the situation where I was supposed to pray? Hey? Have we ever realized that? Ah, in my weakness, I thought I was strong by praying. No. God recognized that I wasn't praying enough in the first place. And changed things so that what? He can be my focus again. So I want to ask you one thing today. Do we know who we are in Christ Jesus? Do we really know? Did we once know and we forgot? Or maybe it's been covered up by a world of hurt and lies and pain and uh, bad situations that we're still waiting for God to bring justice. I want to read that same verse from 2 Corinthians from the message translation, and it says this. Because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angels did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad that I let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. We all have maybe Facebook or Instagram where we have an identity, how people see us. Someone who's always traveling, someone who's always doing cool things or nice things, but nobody realizes you've taken 10 photos for that one that they've posted. Nobody sees the fight that you just had before. Nobody sees the struggle that you've endured to get there. And so we think what we see is the identity of a person. No, what we know in our hearts, what we believe in our hearts, Show something about our identity. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what we reflect. That's what we show others. And what I pick up in this verse is this. People who know their weaknesses have it, will be able to easier relate to God. Why? Because we know we need him. Sometimes we lie to ourselves. I think I can do this. If I can do this and get there, yeah, I can do it. I can do it on my own. Gone are those days. We need to start seeing God as our source. When we're in trouble, God help me. When someone accuses us, God, what is this? Because if we are not careful, those lies will take root and cover the truth and become the lie. 
that will become a different sense of weakness. This year was a hard year for me because I've had to battle so many internal battles and it seemed like it did not end. There was a time when my body even caved. My body would get so sick after praying and I was like, uh, I'm just going to stop praying. And then I'd get relief and be like, should I stop praying or should I continue? And there are moments where I stopped praying. But then I picked up those prayers again because I realized it's not worth being in the same place next year. It's not worth not being in right standing with God. It's not worth having less than what God has called for me. It's not worth my, losing my relationship with God. All of the things that I face is not worth it. What is worth it is knowing God. I know, I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I have limitations. I know that I need help, but I know that God is for me. I know that he is on my side. He says he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He will be with me. That he goes before me, he stands by my side, and he shields me from behind. If I recognize who I am, but that I am nothing without Jesus, that makes all the difference. And that's what the world needs to see today. They don't need to see a whole bunch of strong people that have it all together. They need to see how weak we are, but how amazing it is to know God. They need to see that in us and want to want that. Oh, how last week Jared was complaining about this, but he's been delivered. Jared, what did you do? Uh, it was by the grace of God. It was so amazing how Jesus came through. Come, let me sit with you. Let me show you what happened. You know, he showed me this verse. He showed me who I am to him. He revealed more of Jesus Christ to me. And all of a sudden, things changed. And now I've been set free. Not because of what I've done. Not because of who I am. But because of who he is. And I recognized who he is. And now I'm set free. You can have that too. But most of the time, the devil allows us to wallow in self-pity. I'm never going to get through this. My mom struggled with this. My dad struggled with that. Uh, it's been in my bloodline. It's been in my friendship. All my friends are like this. All of the, Get out of that place. Get out of that place. Now's the time for you to start making serious decisions. You know, God took, may have taken some of your friends away, but you need to take away the rest. If you're in a bad place with bad people, you're the one that's choosing to still be there. You may face a bit of loneliness. You may face a bit of hurt or rejection. But I'd rather be in right standing with God than have all of these things that are worth nothing. What does it profit a man who? And loses his soul. What I'm getting you to see this morning is it's not the things. Don't worry about the job, the job will come. Don't worry about the money, the money will come. Don't worry about the healing or the salvation for someone, it will come. Don't focus on the situation, focus on the God of the situation. Can we do that this morning? Ephesians 6. I just want to read one verse from the NLT and then I'm going to read it from the message. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. One version says, now having done all things to stand, stand firm. What? I've done everything to stand. Uh, I can't stand anymore. Stand firm. Um, I just said, I've done everything that I can. Recognize your limitations, but recognize what needs to be done. Okay, God, you say I need to stand. Help me. I've come to the end of myself. I can't do this anymore, but I, will, I refuse to let go of your presence. I refuse to lose in this fight because I did not call out to you in my time of help. I refuse to let pride 
block you and me. I refuse to let myself block you and me and this relationship that we have. We need to start making some serious decisions now. Do we hold on to the small things that have been our crutch up until now? Or can we let them go and say, Lord, I only want to hold on to you, the only constant in my life. Sometimes the devil makes things seem so real to us that this will stick with us forever, that this is going to be the story of our life forever, and we might as well just get used to it. No. No, church. That's not what God says. God is allowing it for a season for you to get through, and because we aren't passing the test, we keep going round and round and round and round. Today, change your focus on the situation to the God of the situation. The story of David and Goliath was amazing. Why? Because he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that talks about my God like that? Not who talks about me. Not who talks about the army. My God. Because he knows who his God is in comparison to Goliath. If he knew that, shouldn't we? Can we be bold today? Can we take steps of faith to say, you know what, God? I want you to overcome within me everything that I have used against you. Everything that has held me back. It may show me how weak I am, but I know that my weakness is made perfect in your strength. The message translation of Ephesians 6 says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no athletic contest that we will walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over, but, sh but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. I don't know what that means. It must be a typo. Sorry. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. And then Paul says this, and don't forget to pray about me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time. Telling the mystery to one and all, the message that I, jailbird preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. You know Paul, he was in jail when he wrote this? Physically in chains? He was not in a place of strength. He wasn't standing at, uh, uh, next to a throne or looking over people. He was on his knees, bound, chained. And he's saying, recognize the strength in God. God wants you to have more than you already have right now. But recognize that you need him. The time of attack we've been through was a battle against our faith. Satan, Satan took our situations and shoved them in our faces so that we could face our situation and not face our God. 
And God says, look at me and see that the situation will pass. But right now, I'm using this to test you. In this situation, will you come to me and bring the lies of the enemy and ask me if they're true? Or will you go to the devil with the truth that I've already given you and fight? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to push back the darkness when you believe in the word of God? Don't just tell God how big your problems are, but tell your problems how big your God is. Take time to reconcile the differences and begin to tell your problem how big your God is. If you don't know how big he is, then that's the reason you're in that situation, for you to learn. It's not easy, it's hard, but it's meant to be. Because God wants to take the glory for what he's doing in your life. Now is the time his promise will be fulfilled. But are we ready for it? We can hold ourselves back from claiming our Jericho. We either stand where we are and wait for someone to tell us to go claim what is yours. Or we can see what's already meant to be ours and go and get it. We know that there's a battle, but the Lord has favored us. I'll end off with Colossians 3, verses 1 to 11. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. When I read that, immediately I thought of this. Hey? This is, is kind of how we shuffle along. Missing people, missing opportunities to talk to God, be too busy. Oh, Facebook. Oh, Black Friday deals. <laughs> missing that every second we have is an opportunity to reach out to God. Look up and be alert to what is going on around. And be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. The old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity, like Christ. And that means killing off everything connected with that way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust. Doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like it. That was a big one for me. And grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But now you know better. So make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, and dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes that you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. 
Every time, every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, uncivilized and uncouth, slave and free mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. I close off with two things. You remember the story of Lazarus, right? How hard was it to believe, though, for a promise that God has given them? I felt very specific, or I felt very specifically that God has given some of us promises, and that's what we're waiting for. Not just the things, but what to do when God has promised you something and it hasn't come to fruition. Lazarus died, even though God had sent his word that this would not end in death. And I've preached on this before, so I'm not going to go too deep into that. And in Jewish customs, it takes three days for the spirit to leave. So Jesus came on the fourth. Why? To prove that it was not a fluke. It was not within our given timelines. But it was done in such a way that all would know Jesus Christ is mighty. Imagine that, that you as a Lazarus will be an example of what God is doing here on this earth. It won't come in our timeline. And maybe we will be like Mary and Martha and doubt the word. We'll mourn, we'll be in pain. And that's, that's realistic kind of living if you, if you look at it. That's how the world would look at it. But can we change that around now? Can we say that if that promise has not been fulfilled, then it's still on its way and I will rejoice? Can we believe that Jesus is coming and when he does, oh man, everything changes. So let's prepare rather than mourn in those three days. So that when he comes, we know what's about to happen. That promise will be fulfilled and everything changes. I read one thing about the word resurrection. Resurrection means a raising up or a rising up from the Greek word anastasis. In the verb form, it means to cause to stand or rise up, to raise from sleep or from the dead. I feel like today God wants to do a resurrection in our spirit. I want that to settle in. Because for some of us, our hope has died. Our joy has passed away. We think that the promise is no longer coming and we mourn. Jesus, the resurrection life is here today. He's here now. Your Lazarus moment is here. Who's going to come forth and get it? Nobody? Come on, who's waiting for a resurrection of their hope this morning? Who's waiting for a resurrection of their situation? Yeah. Today is the time to be bold and courageous, just like God told Joshua. We may not see how it's going to work out. We may not know. We may not understand. We don't have to. We just need to be where God is. So as the band comes up and we just bow our heads,
There's a song that Hillsong sings that says, Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? One of the lines, it says, In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I feel like we need that reset this morning. We need to go back to a place where we recognize I need nothing else but to be called a child of God. I may not have it all. I may not have it all together. But I recognize that I need Jesus. Now at the end of 2019, in, in the month of December, we will celebrate what Jesus did for us. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the tree. It's not about red and white. It's about Jesus. He came here for us. You know that. He came here for you. Remember that. He died for you. Remember that. Receive it. Rachel spoke on John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That is the only gift we should be worrying about right now. He gave his son so that we could have eternal life. The devil has tried to rob us. He's tried to deter us from it, but he will not win. Today, we take back our focus, and we give it to the one who deserves it. So as we bow our heads this morning, I just want to pray for everyone who has lost their hope, who needs help understanding their weakness. Who this morning feels like God I've 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 missed the mark or I haven't I haven't consulted with you I haven't prayed I haven't thought about you I've thought about myself and I recognize my weakness this morning but Lord I want to come back I want to be like the prodigal son who who recognized that this is not what I'm worth this is not who you call me to be this is not the life that I'm meant to live I'm going back to my father's house this morning. And what did the father do? He gave him a ring. He placed new, fresh clothes on his shoulders. He celebrated when he came back. God wants that for you this morning.